Shepherds of Men is a secular movement started by three men of faith. We wholeheartedly believe that when we get the men right, we get the world right. We believe this because we believe that men are created and called to be leaders, and we believe there is an alarming deficit of leadership in our world today. And although the three of us have come from drastically different backgrounds, our core principles have given us a unified voice that is needed now more than ever to pave the way for a fundamental change in our culture. We are quite literally calling men to something great. Welcome to the movement. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the movement. Uh, JP, going to bring you the episode this evening. Uh, we are uh, welcomed, I guess, remotely by uh, Cam in Chattanooga. Very well. Um, because he's feeling awesome. Uh, he's and we, awesome. Yeah. I'm just not allowed to be around people, according to the government. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got a special guest with us, Don. Yes. Uh, in here, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about his story, some of his uh, military background. I don't want to spoil too much on the front end. Um, you guys know the you guys know the fee. Um, you know, like we've talked about before, man. Share this if you're getting something out of this and you're you're getting some some good value. Um, you know, don't be selfish. Share it with somebody else. Uh, somebody else can uh, can 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 get some. Um, some some wisdom and benefit uh, from what we talk about. We don't we don't charge any kind of monetary value from any of you. Um, you know, as 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 always, you can go check us out. Follow us on any of our social media platforms: Facebook, Insta, Twit. Um, you know, whatever whatever the other ones are that we have, they're all over the place. Uh, you can go check out our page, Shepherds of Dot Men, um, and uh, take a look at all that. If you like what you're hearing and you want to be a little bit more engaged and move forward and understand. Uh, you know some of the the principles and, uh, and and logic that goes behind becoming an influential man and some of the practical application uh, to to actually you know achieve that goal. Um, you can go check out the Men Reforge program uh, that we have in there. It's kind of a six month cycle that's actually going to walk you through step by step on all the the ethos of an influential man and kind of break it down for you and what you need to do to develop those those characteristics and master them. Uh, if not, just keep listening and, and keep sharing with everybody else, and, and very much appreciated uh, for that. But uh, without any uh, further ado, here, Cam, how how you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm doing awesome. I did fucking sucks that i'm not there in the studio but i know i'm there in spirit and uh as i said i got a little cough medicine to help things get better so um we're right as rain on with the show well well glad glad you made it either way you know it's it's uh no doubt you always figure things out man and i appreciate that about you i've always appreciated that about you uh one way or the other you're gonna make things happen so um, well, somehow I still managed to get one of my t-shirts up there to Don put on. <laughs> so, that double. I just appreciate you repping me. That really makes me feel like I'm there. <laughs> well, I got I got a nightgown up here for him too. That that uh, would be a nightgown maybe for me and you. Got a, a got him a double X. I was yeah. like, man, I'm hoping that's not too big. And then he walked in. I was like, well, shit, that'll well, fit just fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, Don, man, welcome. Glad you could uh, glad you could be here. I know uh, I know you've got a pretty cool story. And uh, and I don't want to take up too much time because I know your story is pretty impactful. We got a lot of uh, former military that listen and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, what's one of the one of the crazy things when you look at the statistics on on our our listeners and stuff across the globe, we're about sixty five to seventy percent men, and the rest are women. Uh, we have a lot of women that listen, and I don't know if it's single moms raising sons and and want to know you know what they need to you know. Uh, really instill in their kids or what that, you know, what the reasonings for it is. I think there's a lot of different reasons for it. Maybe, you know, their, their husbands are lacking in a certain area and they, they, they want, you know, to them to listen to it or whatever it may be. But uh, we do have a lot of former military. We got a lot of entrepreneurs and people that are trying to do some big things in their lives that, that listen. And, and I know that you kind of check a couple of those boxes. So, uh, you know, it, it, if you don't mind, man, and share whatever you feel like sharing and some about your story and stuff like that. And I'd, I'd love to let our listeners hear it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. This is an honor. I uh, love listening to you guys. It was great meeting Chris at uh, Coach Burt's event, you know, and bringing me out here. So, you know, it's, it's an honor. I'm, I'm looking forward to this and just sharing a little bit about me. So, uh, you know, I was uh, born in uh, Illinois, suburbs of Chicago. Grew up there, you know, middle-class life, everything was, you know, just normal life. Uh, I thought I was going to go to college, but that was not for me. I hated college. I hated school altogether. Yeah. 
uh wasn't the best student uh adhd was probably already kicking in pretty heavily there and <laughs> I, I tried to be a class clown and just kind of you know i was a jokester and i never really uh applied myself fullest uh played wrestled football track you know did all the norm like you know that you just kind of grew up doing and uh everybody went to college and i just first of all i didn't write my senior paper you know <laughs> and uh so i didn't pass that english class and i didn't get to graduate with my class oh. so then i had to take summer school to graduate and i was gonna go to junior college and it sucked i hated it <laughs> <laughs> i honestly hated it and so i was just uh my buddy came home spring break one time or after the first semester and he was like don i hate school man let's join the marines bro <laughs> like we were at a, bon like a good second option yeah. yeah we were at a bonfire just having some drink and uh i was like hell yeah let's let's join the marines man let's go <laughs> right they, they had a buddy program back there like we can go together <laughs> yeah. and, and go to wherever nice. fight off fight war or you know go to war and uh at that point i just i went to the recruiter with him and i was like sign me up you know it was like just ready to go in the marines and then uh i talked to my dad and he's like well how about we get you know if you really i never thought you were going to really look into the service yeah but if you want to how about air force or coast guard you know there's a lot more opportunities when you get out you know it's a better life you know you stay at maybe some four-star hotels versus digging holes <laughs> <laughs> i had the exact it's funny you say that because i had the exact same conversation when did you graduate high school uh, or when did you get out of high school uh 98 98 okay all right so i was out in 05 so it was right after 9-11 yeah. stuff you know not right after but very very soon thereafter and i was i was the same way me and a couple of my buddies were like going into the marines i was already in good shape athlete stuff like that was training some guys to meet the requirements and i was a buddy of mine's dad was like listen why don't you just at least consider the Air Force? Like, at least consider it, because you're yeah. going to be way better off. You know, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of jokes about Chair Force, you know, yeah. and all that stuff and everything. He said, but ultimately, your quality of life is going to be better. And your career and things that you can do afterwards are going to be much better. There's going to be a lot more options and stuff. So it's funny you say that. I had the right. exact same conversation with a buddy of mine's dad. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I, and I went in to get away from school and i end up doing more school than i ever thought i would do you know <laughs> end up getting my undergrad and business and then my master mba in business finance and i just did that as while i was deployed mm. overseas just take classes yeah. here and there uh you know everything was remote a lot of times so i just did what i could because uh, once i got in i was like i don't want to do this the rest of my life yeah you know, i went yeah. in as an aircraft mechanic and i just didn't like manual labor i guess yeah yeah <laughs> you know and so i kind of was like all right i know there's something bigger and better out there for me and uh but i ended up staying quite some time so i ended up staying or i was an aircraft mechanic for 12 years uh a10s you know traveling all over i mean i started off in tucson arizona as my first assignment great place that's a nice area yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. It was really, <laughs> and then I went to uh, South Korea. I was in South Korea for a year at Osan Air Base. Uh, amazing assignment. I was young, and it was just a, you know, to see a different culture and really understand. Uh, just get out there and see how other people are in the world. You know, whether different religions, different you know, other yeah. beliefs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but people are people, and as long as you're kind to them. They'll give you their shirt off their back. They all have the same needs. Everybody. Does, yep. Yep. Right? For sure. And so after after uh, Korea, I went back to uh, Vegas, and I was in Ve or I was or I went to Vegas, and I was in Vegas for two years. Uh, as uh, it was MQ1s at the time, so is the Predator. Oh yeah. So I was doing okay. maintenance on Predators, and nice. then I deployed all over with those. Uh, deployed to Pakistan uh for for six months oh yeah, yeah it was horrible yeah i bet it i've never horrible. heard anybody go you know what i loved pakistan oh, it's so great that was the best man, place it is amazing man our tents <laughs> flooded I'll, I'll tell you a quick it was so funny because i go to the gym every day it's a little yeah. bit of walk you yeah. know like maybe a quarter mile but it's like rough roads and yeah. everything and it monsooned and everything was flooded and as it was drying up there's puddles you know 
Well, I was coming back from the, or I was getting ready to go to the gym and I am just walking. And I thought I was just going to uh, walk through this puddle. I thought it was like not deep puddle. <laughs> Well, it was a fucking sinkhole. <laughs> and I just, I went waist deep. And I'm trying to save myself. And I was just like, son of a bitch. Like, I, I was so, <laughs> I just sat there and then I saw somebody else walking with their flashlight and then they were laughing at me. And I was like, oh, this just ruined my day right here. So, in the middle of the desert, stuck in a puddle. I was like, one, yeah, in, the the chances? one in the morning in a Pakistani uh, sinkhole. <laughs> And, uh, but I mean, it, it was great experiences. I mean, there we were sleeping on cots and yeah. we were hot. We were actually, uh, hot bunking. So, cause all our tents got flooded. So they put us in these as hardened aircraft shelters out there. Uh, and I mean, we'd set up like, I don't know, 30, 40 cots in this as, and then every 12 hours, you know, swap out. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty miserable. But it smelled great in there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a couple of locker rooms. I've never been in one of those, but right? I've been in some locker rooms. And then uh after that, I uh Vegas for two years right there. Uh then mm. I get an assignment to Turkey. So two years in Turkey, amazing assignment. Turkey's one of the most beautiful countries I've been to. Really? Yeah, it's uh just uh I mean so green and we were so close to the Mediterranean uh-huh. and then what's really cool is just like if you're really into religion i mean that's kind of where everything started yeah oh you know? and uh I, so if you're a history buff and all that yeah there's so many great places to see i mean you can see where these underground cities that were built where christians ran from persecution and the mountainsides and i mean it's yeah it'd be cool to see really I, cool I, it's one of the one of the trips that i want to i want to take a trip to israel at some point to go over there and, and just kind of see you know, kind of some of the old, like ancient stuff that, that they have over there and kind of walk some of the, the spots from the Bible. My wife and I are doing a whole Bible from beginning to end uh, right now for the year, you know, 365 nice. days of reading the Bible from the start to finish. Um, and we're doing it together, you know, as one of our things for 2022. But, you know, that was that was That's one awesome. thing we were talking to our preacher about that. And he was like, man, if you if, if you get a chance, you know, like and, and you read the Bible and you hear the stories of the Bible and stuff like that, like go over there and go see the places where they, you know, actually went and what you know the stories in the, the the areas where they were so that's 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 a bucket list thing for it's, me for sure yeah it's and like over there then i started taking middle eastern history as well like okay. uh one of the turkish instructor uh instructors at university of maryland o- over there uh it was really interesting i uh you know i started i read the quran you know because i wanted to understand other religions as well that's cool and, you know yeah. so that's when i started getting more into that but so I mean, it was just an amazing place. Turkey was really cool. Yeah. Uh, after that, I went back to Vegas, you know, for another six years. I mean, uh, while in Turkey, I flew back and married a girl I met in Vegas. She was ten years older than me. Uh, I was twenty-three. She was thirty-three. So I get married and bring her over to Turkey with me. <laughs> I. Hey, I was about to say, I'm, you know? I'm sure, I'm sure that you had uh, every reason in so, the world. So to what do that. you're saying is, uh, what happened in Vegas didn't, didn't stay in Vegas, <laughs> bro. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and I, I was married 13 years to her, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I had no kids with her. I ended up actually having a vasectomy uh, at 30 years old. You know, I uh, just. She was older, so ten, you know she was at forty. I was thirty, and I was just like, "Well, you know." She had two. I had two stepsons, and then I had grandkids at that time. Oh. So I started having a ready-made family, and uh, it was, you know, it it was great. I mean, I've I it, I was a grandpa by thirty, you know. <laughs> like, and, uh, so, Jeez. so I, I mean, the the two kids when I met them, I was twenty three, and then one was thirteen, and one fourteen. You know, so it was more, I was their friend and I got to be a good mentor to him. You know, I, I took him skiing, snowboarding, surfing, you know, yeah, yeah. I was just a fun, you know, fun friend, really. I wasn't, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately things, you know, yeah, things just happen in marriages and life. Uh, I made plenty of mistakes, Sure, you know, and, uh, 
you know, things happen for reasons. Uh, we ended up, well, so I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So Vegas, I was with her that whole time. Uh, we went to Turkey. She lived there with Turkey with me. Oh, she came to Turkey with you. Yeah, oh, okay. she came to Turkey. Right. I'm saying it didn't stay in Vegas. No, <laughs> and then we came back to Vegas. So then we were in Vegas for another six years, and then that's when I was kind of going through my. I was planning on getting out of the military at that time. Uh, I was at like seven years. I had an interview with UBS Financial. They were ready to hire me, and then the market crashed. Oh. So, and then I was like, my wife at the time was going to nursing school and I was like, well, I mean, this is the comfort, you know, this is where the methadone clinic of the military came in. You know, it was like, all right, no matter what we have shelter, no matter what we'll have, we'll have food. You know, if you don't work, we'll still be taken care of while you're in nursing school and we can make things happen. So I ended up reenlisting again. Mm for you know just to help her through her career and uh then uh i i made a change at 12 years in my career to go into rpa operations Mm. so that's when i got into because i was an aircraft mechanic and then i started i worked on uh rq1s and mq1s and what those were are the remotely piloted aircraft with weapon systems yeah. and I saw what those guys were doing, but I couldn't never actually see what they're doing. Cause it was all top secret. Oh, yeah. You had to get all, you had to get all your clearances. And as an aircraft mechanic, we didn't have to have that. Right. So then I put in for retraining into that position and I got accepted and it was almost a, it was like a year and a half, two year school. Wow. Really? Yeah. It was oh, like wow. six months of flight training or, and then uh, learning the full weapon systems and learning all the tactics, procedures. Oh, and shit. It, it was actually really cool. It was cool about like that kind of school. Everything you had to do was get, you had to get have a 90 on every test. <laughs> so when I told you I hated school, I was going to school more and more and more and more. Uh, but it was, uh, that was a really interesting career. I didn't even know, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into like you know uh, you spy on people and you you from you know 25,000 feet in there and 6 mile range and you shoot missiles and you drop hellfire you know drop 500 pound bombs on some, terrorist camps some bad guys eating a bologna sandwich and all of a sudden poof <laughs> dude it, it, it's one and of the ring around the bologna is still there <laughs> oh bro it was went through the bologna <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those jobs that you just when i started doing it you just didn't even realize what the heck you're doing oh yeah you were like it, it felt like star trek you know oh, or sure, yeah because we were fi- flying these remotely piloted aircraft via satellite you know stateside and flying them over in any uh area of responsibility they call them aors oh, yeah. so that's what so we're flying them all over the world from a stateside location. Yeah. And it's just. That's crazy. It's crazy. How much does one of those cost? The privilege. Uh, it, it's not the plane that costs. It's all the sensors. Uh, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. The technology. I mean, some, some, all that technology. Some of them. Yeah. You might, the plane might only cost a couple million. And then the technology is 30 million. Oh, yeah. You know. And they're big, right? Like, that, it's, we're not talking about a little drone. Oh, MQ-9s are a full up. Uh, like, it's the size of an A-10. It's that's a jet, crazy. It's a jet engine. It's a full up uh, jet engine. Wow, that's crazy. So it's a, it's it's an aircraft. Yeah. Is it what was a uh, was a movie with Jamie Fox? Uh, Stealth. Yeah. It's it's like that. Like a, I mean, it, it's. It was, and just, the cool thing is, I mean, you can be over a target for twenty eight hours. Oh wow. I mean, because the fuel's low, they gl- they're a glider. You know, yeah. it's kind of, and so when with the targets that we looked at, because everything we did, I was Air Force Special Ops. So everything we worked on was, uh, it was all black ops. Everything was presidential and sec def targets. And doing all that kind of stuff, it was, you're, look at, you're watching these guys for three, four, five, six months. Yeah. You're watching them play soccer with their kids. You're watching them pick up their buddies. You're watching oh. them pick up explosives. You're watching them, you know, you're watching everything they're doing. You get to know them almost. You huh? get to know them yeah. and then you get to kill them. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. as soon as, and the thing is war sucks and, you know, collateral damage is real. And 
there's people that make those decisions on, you know, whose life's worth taking and taking out other people. Yeah. So unfortunately that's the bad part of the job. Uh, you know, helping the guys on the ground is the most rewarding, yeah. you know, like if they're getting shot at or anything like that, when we're the air support for those guys, that's, that's huge. Oh yeah. I bet that's, you know, yeah. that's when, when you get like, it's like being a sniper you know, Delta or those guys telling you, Don, thanks. You yeah. Know, you guys yeah. were instrumental in our, like, bringing us home mm. you know that like still gives me goosebumps oh, i can imagine because it's real it's it's yeah. real man it's real and you know when you're doing operations and because that's where like clear concise communication is key because people die if you don't in that kind of world yeah. like everything we did it working with the best of the best of the world the all all the top teams oh, i yeah. mean it, that's what we did we worked with all the best of the best and those guys are, it's serious business. And I mean, you're talking about these guys that are the, the top terrorists in the world. Some of them are educated here. MIT, oh, Harvard, yeah. Yale. Yeah. The list goes on. Oh, for sure. And, you know, they're over there doing, you know, I mean, creating weapons of mass destruction or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that those guys do uh, all over. And, you know, we're flying this thing, watching these guys, and it's a, uh, it's a pretty. Uh, and the thing is, we're stateside, so then after we're done with that, we go home to our families. Yeah. You know, we just took out a terrorist camp, killed fifty people, and then we're going. You know, we take that shots. Day, honey. Yeah. yeah that, right? Then we got hamburger helper and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> um. <laughs> and it, wow. honestly, it was like every day like that. Uh, well, it was kind of cool, like. I remember the, my, one of my first uh, targets because in our unit, what was kind of cool is they had, uh, so we were the Griffins. That was our, and so we had a patch of them on our, for our unit and only the guys who've killed the eye turn, we give them a red patch, the eyes red. So it's incognito that you're a killer. Uh, okay. So, you know, it, it's, it's a club. You know, it's like, yeah. it's the boys club right there that yeah. now you're part of us. Uh, it's like getting a sticker on your helmet for football. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. No, honestly yeah. it was. Cause yeah. sure. and then you go, I mean, we all tally up who, many, who had so many kills and yeah. it's a, uh, it's a different world. Yeah. Like I, I talk about it with some people, like my civilian friend, they're like, yeah. what the, yeah. <laughs> like they can't even, and I'm like, that was our, that was our talk every right. Like to just vent with, well, that, yeah. with our other brothers that we know their security clearance. They know. Yeah. That and, was your norm, uh, right? I mean, that was the norm. Yeah. Man. It was really, it was your norm, you know? That was the norm. And just, I mean, you see some sick shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen, you know, these terrorists raping women. Uh, I've seen them fucking goats. <laughs> I've seen them. <laughs> I mean, shit was real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do, man. It's, yeah. it, it's real. And it's, yeah. Uh, and it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Uh, I've seen beheadings. Uh, one one of the worst was uh, an informant was on the ground. Uh, we, we, our human intelligence, and we're we know that this is the bad. Like he gave us the the signal that he's the bad guy. Well, they pull that it's dude something like this. Like, no just I, no it was like you know way like a color scarf or you know something like that because even from that far away i mean we're six seven miles away you can almost get facial recognition so wow that's i mean everything we did was hd you know and they don't even know the things there like they, there's yeah. no way to tell no, there's that there's things no six miles away to, yeah there's there no, is way. no way to hear yeah. like that's a slant range the yeah. six miles but yeah. i mean we're 25 to thirty thousand feet oh know? yeah and uh just they're not gonna hear you they don't see you and uh yeah we uh watching this guy and then uh they they took him out of town and they just blasted him with an ak probably put like i don't know 50 rounds in him and then they cut off his head and then they were walking him through the town like holding his head and you can see the blood dripping and stuff yeah. it was i mean that's the kind of stuff that we were seeing. I, which man, is... I saw I saw a video 
of of a guy because I, I worked with a guy that was a civilian contractor over there as an electrician mm-hmm. and had some stuff from over there and and he was showing us uh you know and I'd, i i've never seen anything that graphic in my life yeah. like ever <clears throat> and i watched it and was like was not like you know you think about it like a you know something like that being done to somebody and you're just like you know but i guess this guy was a I, I don't know what the what the guy's you know profession was or whatever, but they had the bag over his head and just I mean literally sawed it off while he was alive. I mean, and it, it was like, I mean that shit stains you, dude. Like, and and there's a part of it that's like for me, like I I had so much rage when I was watching that and the guys that were standing behind him doing it that just wanted to like like I would I would drop kick each one of you in your face and then shoot you like I, like just I, like I don't know I guess it's. It, for me, the way that I would justify any of anything that has to be done and not have any remorse for it is by, you know, if I don't do this, then there's going to be a lot of good people that lose their lives. Like the old adage, you know, the the only thing for evil, uh, you know, to win is for good to do nothing, you know, kind of thing. Absolutely. Got to take action, whether it's a, you know, a bad thing or not, you yeah. know, sometimes that dark side of you is a good thing, you know. Oh, it is, man. And here's uh, the deal. Like, I want to stop on this for a second because. You know, obviously with our movement, we're building influential men. And that's that's our whole premise. That's been our passion since day one. Um, and I think in our society in America, and Don, you, you've seen both sides of this. You've been around the country, around the world, and, you know, been in the civilian world and military world. And, um, I, you know, we've obviously watered things down, to say the least, um, in, in the U.S. And there's this whole... Um, imaginary utopia that you know everybody could just you know we why can't we just love each other and hug on each other and and i listen dude i'm all about it i'd much rather love on people than kill them but the fact of the matter is evil is real it is out there and the more that we weaken our men as a society and the more that we pussify our our men as a society the the easier target we are and we can hide from it and we can say that it's not real, that doesn't exist, uh, all we want to. But the fact of the matter is, there is evil. And it's not just overseas. It's not just in other countries. Now, it's probably more prevalent in some areas than others. But there's some right in our backyard, too. There's some evil shit that goes on. And if we're not prepared as men to to preside over our family, protect our family, then we're missing it, man. We're missing it. And we may not be dropping bombs on 50 people at a time. But if a motherfucker walks through my door, I better be ready to take his ass out. Yeah, that, yeah. That's kind of the point I want to be want to make there is like we have to come to 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 um, grips with the fact that that shit is there and it's real. And it doesn't mean we have to, like, um, you know, worry about it all the time or like, you know, rack our brains about it all the time. We just need to understand that there is a side of us as men. There is a requirement, I believe, to be a protector for our family and for our community, you know, whatever that means. You know, luckily, we, you know, we don't see it in a lot of areas in, in our country on a day to day basis. We can go a long time without and just feel like, man, everything's hunky dory. But the truth is, you know, right on the other side of the tracks, it wasn't hunky dory last night. No. You know? Well, you're, yeah. yeah Jordan, Jordan Peterson talks about that. I don't know if you if you follow any of Jordan Peterson stuff. It's really, really good. He's a psychologist. Uh, but he was he was talking about how men. Men being weak is the most dangerous thing that we could possibly do. Men should be extremely dangerous. Like you should be as dangerous as you can possibly be and and keep it um, you know, under control. That's that that's where um like valor and things of that nature come from is being able to take somebody's life at any given time, but having it under control. Because when good men take on this utopia, like what Cameron's talking about, like this whole everybody should be equal. It shouldn't be equal opportunity. It should be equal outcome. Everybody should be the same. Everybody should love each other. Nobody should have guns. Nobody should have any of this stuff. You know, I, and, and plenty of leaders and, and really influential leaders have made comments about this. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, uh, God, which president was he said, you know, uh, peace is being the man with the bigger stick. When a good man has a bigger stick, that's when you have peace. When good men are more dangerous than bad men, that's when you have peace because bad men take their place. When good men sit back and become weak, bad men take over. That's when bad shit happens. And it's going to happen 
and and that's the thing, you know, that's that's one of the big things. And I think that, you know, what you're doing, and I I know we stopped the story here, but what what you're doing and what you're what you're trying to do and what you want to do, uh, you know, with veterans and things of that nature is take very dangerous men and teach them how to control that. Teach them how to control that mentally where you can come back into society and you can be dangerous when needed, but you don't have to be, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. That's freaking and that's awesome. Really dude. what I really want to do is, you know, veterans come through that car i mean they've seen it been there done that been all over the world you know when you go through stuff like that like what i've done or what some other guys have done and then you come back and try to transition into normal normal civilian life it's difficult it's a lot more difficult than i thought uh when i was a little bit back so at 18 and a half years in the air force uh i started going through i was going through divorce uh i think my ptsd was kicking in but i didn't even realize it at the time i think it just i was having more nightmares and just kind of probably a little more irritated and just not the best person didn't really care about much and uh so then i was going through divorce i made huge mistakes in that uh was unfaithful learned you know i just made made those mistakes and that marriage crumbled i was going through that turmoil you know uh it was where it was okay so then when i was go after my divorce i was kind of just didn't know what i really wanted to do next or i i lost my family i had a vasectomy at 30 you know i I had a ready-made family and i thought man that's my family and then when i lost everything i just kind of thought i was gonna be a rebel without a cause really yeah I honestly thought that for a while. I even told like my, I knew some really bad motorcycle guys and yeah stuff like that. And I kind of, I even told one of my buddies, he's like, if you do that, cause he has kids, it's like, we won't be friends. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I was just going through those. Like I didn't have anybody. I didn't have any kids to, you know, uh, mentor and develop in my life. Yeah. And, uh, so I was going through a very, very hard time and, uh, I made some mistakes. Uh, got addicted, you know, I, uh, uh, my, my military career, I mean, it was flawless. I it was very highly decorated. I had, uh, you know, I, I was a great air, airman. I was moving up the ranks really fast. And then, uh, I made a mistake on a weekend, did drugs, uh, and then I got court-martialed. But then during my court, like, and then I got, so it was like a little bit of 18 and a half. Uh, I was, so I, then I, I just, when I, it was a, what was it? I think it was, it was like a four day weekend and I was in Lubbock, Texas and a guy had some blow and yep. I did it, made my mistake. And then they did a random drug test on the, the day right coming back. Oh, shit. And I had like one forty eighth of a uh, sugar packet per the toxicology, like in my system. I probably could have, you know. But you know what? This kind of th- things happen for reasons. Oh, I agree. Life. Yep, agree, hundred percent. And this kind of even just brought me back to reality at this point. So I was like, all right, I made a mistake. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose my career. You know. Uh, I met my wife just recently. You know, a new Ooh. one. So I. Oh, nice. Then. What's crazy is, well, before that all happened, I met her uh, before I was going to uh, Djibouti. I was go- getting ready to go to Africa oh, wow. for four months. And uh, I was dropping my dog off in Phoenix uh, to my parents and met a girl. Still, I was still separated at the time, and then I was going away. And we talked the whole time. Uh, as soon as I got back, What's crazy, this is what's freaking, how the world is kind of a vortex. So we got back, we went snowboarding in Colorado. We had a great time. We, we came to Nashville. We didn't even live here yet. Ugh. And my daughter was conceived at the Renaissance Hotel. <laughs> I never had a, I never had a, a reversal. Wow. And, you know, I tried to have the higher, or, uh, science stop me from procreating. And the higher power was like, yep. 
you, you need to procreate, man. <laughs> you, you need somebody to change your life. Yep. And I, my, yeah, my girlfriend was pregnant. I didn't, I was like, no way. You know, I yeah. went to go get checked. And they said I had very little amount, like, but Enough. I guess they broke through after my deployment. You know, I had Superman <laughs> swimmers going through, like, you know, we got to get. Oh, man. <laughs> and at that point, my life just, like, instantly changed. You know, I had a purpose. Yeah. Uh, thinking about that little girl and wanting to do everything I could to support her. But then when I was going through all that, uh, you know, losing my military career, my security clearance was suspended. Um, then, I mean, I had 20 letters of recommendations from high level guys that Don Hall is character, you know, this was a one-time mistake, you know, this yeah. is, I, that's not me anyways. It, like, yeah, it, it's not something I want to do. I'm not an addict. Well, I'm a, I am an addict. So I, I will say that cause I am addicted to things. Like I'm addicted to work right now. I'm addicted yeah. to the gym. Yeah. I try to put my addiction into a positive. Sure. Cause hell yeah, I'm I can be addicted to women drugs you know i could be addicted to all the bad things yeah absolutely gambling uh yeah. I, I have those i have those demons yep and uh every man does right every man does man every oh. man does and it's but when you Not can, me man i've never done any of that stuff Josh. yeah no right <laughs> you shut your mouth i've drank with you late at night <laughs> <laughs> but like the biggest turning point in my life was at that court martial uh my daughter's like three months old and i'm up on uh they they uh they did my sent or they they reduced my rank from master sergeant to uh staff sergeant e5 and so after that at e5 you can't get to 20 years so they didn't boot me at the time they let me just finish my current enlistment but the guy that got a, the colonel that i was at the new unit that was punishing me Got up there on the stand. I have it on the transcript. Yeah, I'll never forget the guy's name, Michael Shreves. He got up there and said, Don Hoff cannot be rehabilitated into society. <laughs> like, you know. Sometimes it's what you need to hear. And when I, I honestly cried when somebody. I yeah. did. I did. And my wife was crying. Now, I, it was a horrible, horrible experience. Uh, when somebody tells you that, I can only imagine if I wasn't an older, mature guy, and he said that to a young, twenty-two-year-old, twenty-one, yeah. that made one a mistake. Yeah, that he's a piece of shit, and yep. then he cannot be back into society. So you're gonna pour emotionally on dishonorable discharge, and you're gonna try to make his life miserable. Well, they tried to make my. He said that to me, and I went home that night. Me and my wife were laying there. My buddy flew in from Arizona to come to it, because I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone. I was so embarrassed. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was embarrassing, man. I put a lot of time in there, and I like, I I really served my country well, but I made a mistake. Yep. And uh, I paid for it. That's fine. I deserve. You know, I understand the consequences of things, and I made I made it. I'm. And I lied in my bed, you know, after I made that, that's fine. But that just really hit me so hard that me and my wife were laying there and she's like, we're going to turn this one day, this negative right here into a positive. Hell yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, we are. We are really. And uh, at that that's point, me my, says that, man, that's, that's empowering for sure. Oh, I just remember laying there, man. And I was like feel like my life's over you know kind of thing uh but then i was like i have a baby i need to provide for that girl and nothing's gonna fucking stop mm -hmm. and once i got to that mindset there was there's no stopping me i'm a i'm a savage yeah. and uh whether yeah. once i get my my mind clear and moving forward i know i can do anything oh yeah so and uh shit it was it was a rough road man uh but th that's like when those dark times you know yeah really just like you feel like suicide or you feel like and i'm like shit that would be an easy way out mm. you know uh but that's unfair to my little girl 
that's unfair to i man see i get like a little emotional with this stuff too right here because this is cool man that's that's, yeah yeah, no feel free that's it no we're all we're hey man listen this 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 podcast from the very beginning and we've talked about this from the very beginning we're always going to be true to ourselves and we're always going to be raw and and give it like it is we don't we don't polish shit up like ultimately the people that listen to this listen to it because they want to hear real shit they don't want to hear somebody that's you know like we talk about there's if you want fluff, there's tons of that shit out on the internet. You can go find somebody that rented a Lamborghini and and hired some really good looking chick to sit next to him, so it looks like his life is perfect. But that's all bullshit. You know, everything that we're talking about now is, and ultimately, it's because our goal is to impact other men. That's that's what our goal is. Our oh, goal yeah. isn't to look good. Our goal is to have other men. Because I guarantee, and if there's one guy that listened to this and went, I lost my identity. I don't know who the hell I am. I, I, I've been told by people that I respect at the utmost that I'll never amount to anything and stuff, and I'm just in a hole. And they listen to that and go, now, wait a minute. I mean, that dude was in a hole. And now, you know, and you haven't even got to the victory part of it yet, you know, no. where, where you're at and stuff like that. But don't, don't, don't worry about me. Don't hold back. Like, anything that, that you need to say, you know, we've, we've said a lot on here about ourselves as well, so... And I'll tell you, it is so uh, empowering and it's such a, like a freeing feeling because I was so embarrassed for such a long time and I never told anyone, you know, I was embarrassed to my parents. I was in my, my friends and just even people I, I only told like one of my buddies that I just knew that, you know, he didn't judge me no matter what. And, uh, and then when I did tell my dad, he, my dad doesn't judge me. He's yeah. a, you know, my dad went through some shit. He went through some real, real, like, yeah, real bad stuff. And on, uh, to your point, sorry. Yeah. To, oh to no, Pam, go you, ahead, man. To your point on that, I'm I'm reading. Uh, we we've had some recent connections with some great dudes that've been on the show, and uh, that has led me to um, reading the Warrior book from Garrett J. White, which you may be familiar with. And one of the things he talks about in there, he says the most powerful dude in the room is the one that has nothing to hide. And dude, that hit me right between the eyes. I'm like, when you can be completely fucking honest and you have nothing to hide, there is a lot of power and, and freedom behind that, like what you were talking oh, about. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. And that's how, like, with my wife, I tell her everything. Every mistake I did, everything I've done. And that's my ride or die. Because, man, it is freeing. She knows who I am, what I am, and... She loves me dearly, and I. Uh, she's been through it, through it with me. Like at this darkest time, she was there and she supported me all the way to to where we're what we're doing today, man. And it's but that's that's the thing. That's the thing with society and men, and we've talked about this plenty before. Um, you know, men men feel uh, this pressure from society to hold everything in. You know, you got to have everything figured out as a guy. You know, you got to be. You got to be on point and and not making mistakes. And if you do, you can't admit them because you're weak or whatever. But all that does is is makes you a prisoner to your guilt, right? Like you just you you, you get locked up by the guilt and stuff. And and that's why that's why men need other men. That's why you know some of these some of these programs and stuff that you see out there. And I don't care which one it is. And that's one of the reasons that you know the Men Reforge program was created was because like I, I'm I'm an imperfect human. I've got a I've got a dark past of of things that I've done. I know Cameron's got a dark past and some things that that he's done as well, um, but that doesn't define who we are. That defines the process of becoming who we are today, uh, you know. And then another thing that you said that's really cool is, you know, finding like every great man has a really strong woman behind him, you know. And it would have been really easy, I'm sure, for your wife now to be like, "Oh shit, too much drama. I'm out. Yeah, I, I, I can't. No, I ain't doing that." But instead, she dug in. And she went, we're going to fix this shit. And when you were in some of your darkest times, she was some of your biggest strength. You know, she was like, no, no, Don, that's not you. That's not who you are. We're going to turn this into a badass story. Yeah, That's cool as hell, dude. I, I love that. And it was awesome, man. Like when she did that, when she supported me like that, I was after that time when I knew I was getting out of the military and I wasn't going to get my pension anymore. So I lost my military pension completely. Uh, and so I left at 19 years and two months, you know, 10 more months, I would have my pension, but Hey, life, you know, figure it out. Yep. And, uh, we didn't know where we wanted to go yet. We were, uh, we we're looking at, she's from Scottsdale, Arizona. And so we were looking at, Hey, let's go retire 
in let's go to, to Scottsdale, uh, San Diego. I was looking at Chicago, but then my brother has been in Nashville. He was at, in Nashville for seven years at the time. Mm. Uh, he moved his company moved him. He worked for HCA as a software developer, and they moved him from Chicago down here, and he lives in Mount Juliet. Huh. And uh, I, I was just like, you know, let's let's take. I have no job now. I have nothing. And let's take a chance and move to Nashville. So we picked a, a house in downtown Franklin and no job. And I don't know how we did it, but we made it work. My <laughs> wife still had a job, you know, and uh, we went down there and my wife fell in love with it. I, uh, I was applying for jobs for like, uh, it was like four and a half months or like six months around the time. And it was just, I mean, I've went on like a hundred interviews and I had a four month interview with HCA cause I, my brother worked there and I thought I was going to get like an IT project management position. I was doing my PMP and all that. And my wife's a software project manager. So she's like, you do not want to be a president. <laughs> she's like, that is not you. Why don't you get into sales? <laughs> and I like, hell yeah. Let's see. And so then I started looking into my uh, real estate license and I was going to do that. But then I saw a, uh, position for a loan officer assistant uh with colton mortgage and once i i, uh, I applied on indeed and i i saw him look at my linkedin and so then i wrote him right away it's a smaller company and i just said hey i'm transitioning from the military i have no industry experience because everybody said you need in industry experience and so i just said hey i have no industry experience uh, I'm a I'm a hard worker, fast learner, and I promise you won't be disappointed. That's what I sent, and he wrote me right away, and then uh, set up a call, and then I went in, and he's like, Don, this is this job isn't for everyone, sales, and you know, uh, as an assistant, you're not gonna make shit, you know, you're, yeah, you're gonna be my kind of a bitch, <laughs> calls, right? and you know, this is like a high school job kind of thing. He's too honest though. Yeah, and he's like, but once you get licensed, and once you do this, and if you're good at it, it can be exponential. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sign me up. Let's yeah. let's give it a shot. I was like, whatever. So I, I took the job. I mean, it was like five hundred dollars a week. Uh you know, and bonuses for deals. And it was cold calling. Mm. It was cold calling. It was cold call. It was, it was a grind. I was, I thought I was going to get fired after a few months, you know, cause <laughs> we had leads coming in on weekends and I was, I was at the lake with my family and doing all the fun stuff. I wanted to take my daughter to the lake. And, uh, he sent an email to me and it really, it's one I save and cause it's one of those that hit you. He's like, Don, I don't know what you, th you know, uh, what you think this job entails, but I mean, if you want to go work at a bank and work a nine to five job <laughs> and, ha you know, live an average life, make an average salary of 60 to 80,000. I know plenty of guys that do it and they're fine. They're comfortable. But if you want to be a fucking rainmaker, this is what you need to do. This is a 24 seven job. And then I was like, that that i think he knew how to hit me like yeah. he knew what motivated me at the yeah. time you know and yeah. i read that email to my wife she's like you better step up your game <laughs> you know? if you want to be average yeah. this is not for you bro and, I, and i've never been average yeah. you know that's just not in my uh in my vocabulary no and uh he uh took a chance on me and i started like first year you know i, I was uh, uh his assistant for four months mm. just trying to learn and then he was just like he really kicked me out of the office after i got licensed and said go find business <laughs> it was just like that it really was and i was like oh okay i just gotta go meet people yeah i've been cold calling for four months yeah, i gotta so, find some people i guess so i just gotta go meet realtors and insurance and financial advisors and builders and just go out there and so i went to every networking group i could for like two years i mean i was going to everything and me setting up five to six meetings a day oh. just meeting new people nice and it really didn't start paying off till like you know uh like as soon as covid hit <laughs> so so during this time too uh when i was the assistant i started driving for lyft and uber 
because I thought it's the best way to work on my sales pitch. I was just like, <laughs> nice. I was honestly like, you know, good idea. A five minute car ride. If I can get these people to like me and invite me to a wedding or birthday party, I'm in, I'm in the right job. <laughs> you know, that's, hey, that's one way to look at it for sure. And so I got in there and I started doing that, and I even set up meetings as a an assistant. Like I wasn't even licensed loan officer, but I was talking to all these guys. See, I was picking up CEOs, uh, music producers. The list goes on of the people you meet in Nashville. No, oh, like sure. Driving Lyft and Uber. It was pretty awesome. And that was before COVID. Yeah. And then, uh, then it just kind of, I got licensed and just, it just kind of went. Worked out pretty good for out, you. It worked yeah. out really well. Yeah. That, that's awesome, man. Uh, I, and I think, I think, you know, that's a, that's a great story of kind of perseverance and kind of losing your way and then finding your way back and stuff like that. And I think some people lose their way and they, they just kind of spiral, uh, you know, out of control. And then they, they, they stay in that for so long that they start to identify, you know, by that, that area of life, you know, and, and, you know, it's, that's, that's why we're, you know, I, and I know I could speak for Cam, we're huge proponents of mentorship. Uh, you know, and, and, and having people in your life that'll tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, um, you know, kind of thing. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's hard to take that shit, you know, cause sometimes, you know, like you said, I want to be on the lake. I want to be out there on the lake with my daughter and stuff like that. And then you have somebody that comes up and challenges you. And it's sometimes when you, it, it's one thing for somebody to try to challenge you, but it's another thing for somebody to challenge you and know for a fact that they'll walk away. Like they don't need you. No. They'll walk away. And then you go, Oh shit. Ah, all right. All right. All right. I got it loud and clear. Uh, I love that dude. I, I, I love the story. I, and, and personally, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I know a lot of people have not gotten to that point of maturity in their life where they can do that. Um, you know, and, and what's, what's crazy and what's really cool is just sitting here with you and I'm sure Cameron, you, you see us on the camera, but I could actually feel the roller coaster that your life went through while you were talking about it. Like, and that's, that's what's, that's, what's cool, man. And you know, you'll forever have that story as a badge of honor, you know, in my opinion, cause you know, I'm sorry, but if you were fed by a silver spoon, nothing against you. If you grew up in a rich family and, and had your, your path done, your parents had a business and you just stepped in and took over and stuff like that. I'm not holding that against you, but that's a boring ass story in my opinion. You know, that's, yeah. I'm, here's the deal, dude. You're right. And I mean, I hope that the guys and, and girls too are that are listening to this are you know, specifically dudes. Obviously, that's who we kind of gear towards. But we have egos. We have big badass egos. And if you have that under control, that's awesome. But if if your ego's controlling you, then you can be in a position like what Don was talking about, where the fact of the matter is you didn't have shit figured out. You were trying to figure it out. You were trying to do right, make good decisions, take care of your family and do all those kinds of things, but not just temporarily long term. And that that recipe for you meant four months of just cold calling and making five hundred dollars a week and then driving Uber and Lyft and doing a bunch of shit that a lot of dudes would let their ego get in the way of them doing. They'd be like, nope, I'm too good to do that. Yeah. I'm too good to cold call. I'm too good to have a, you know what should be a job for a 20 year old kid. I'm too good to, to drive lift or whatever. The truth is you're not, no, you're not too good for it. The fact is you probably need to do it so you can learn from it and grow from it. And then if you have the, the resilience and if you have the consistency and if you have the testicular fortitude to go through <laughs> that for, for a couple of years, maybe, or maybe yeah. it's less or maybe it's more, who knows? But if you stay faithful through it, then I don't know you that well, Don, but yeah. everything I can tell at this point, financially, you're doing a lot better than $500 a week. <laughs> yeah, a lot better. That's <laughs> yeah. So, but, but you had to go through that process to get there. And, and that's, yeah. the, that's the thing that I hear when you're telling that story is like, there's no ego involved in it. It's, I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision, but it was one that you knew you had to make and you did it. Yeah. And man, kudos to you, dude. That's, that's awesome. And, and that's something that, you know, and I'm not trying to tug on the, you know, heartstrings here, although I don't even have a daughter. I have all boys. Mm. I can't even imagine. I'm an emotional wreck sometimes, Josh could tell you. And, and I, if I had a daughter, I, God knew, like, he can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact is, you'll be able to tell your daughter that story. Or somebody else, probably, you probably won't even tell her. Somebody else will tell your daughter that story. You'll sure hear it on this podcast or in your book or whatever. Mm. And yeah. she'll be like, that's my dad, you yeah. know, like, and she'll be proud of it. And she'll know to look for in a husband which should be even more important to you you know yeah. but it's yeah. amazing dude 
Bro, awesome. that that's like my little daughter has just been my like she was put God put her there for a reason. You know. No doubt. I don't know where I'd be without her. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh that, they bring a lot of accountability, that's for that sure. That brought a lot of accountability and uh you know after my divorce, I had to get a dog, you know, because <laughs> I, I needed accountability. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, my little little one. And now it's the best when I just go home and she hears the garage door open or, you know, Heck yeah. when they when you have kids and they love you, it's oh, like yeah. that unconditional love. There's nothing like it. And I'm like, I, I'm the biggest softie to that little girl. Yeah. Like I don't, she, she's not gonna be afraid of anyone. That's the problem. Like <laughs> she's gonna like. Uh, you know? I tamed this big ass lion. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't worried about right. you. Right. She has to be that's wrapped right, man. around, man. That's right. And that's 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 cool though. I mean, and, and I, I I agree. Like there's there's a certain sense of love, uh, you know, that you have for your children and stuff like that. Your your creation that that's it's hard to beat, you know, and, and you look at it and, and, and it's, you know, another level, you know, and I've got four of them. My last one was a little girl and it was, you know, a little bit different finally having that little girl and stuff. And it's just, you, you look at it and go, you, you never thought that you could love something this much, you know, like you never thought that, that you could have that much love towards something. And then you look at it and go, there's nothing, there's no fiber in my being that I would not sacrifice, you know, for them yeah. to, to, you know, to, to live a good life or to be, you know, you know, ready to, to surpass anything that I've ever done in life, you know, and, and, and we talk about that all the time. Now, sometimes, sometimes our, our brains skew that and, and we, we create an entitlement trap within our children and stuff like that. And, and we, we talk about that as well. It's a whole nother lesson, but that 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 love you know will drive you to do things that you never thought that you could and i there's no doubt whatsoever in my mind that god put her there for a reason uh you know especially the story with the vasectomy and and everything else you know she's she's there for a reason and, and between her and your wife now you know they pulled a good man out of a hole and there's a reason that you came out of that hole and it's not just to be a husband and a father there's there's bigger plans for you my friend um you know and i think i think that you've got that kind of figured out um you know and and i think a lot of people will be impacted by by not just your story but what you're going to do in the future you know with what you have in you man cuz you you've got you've got exactly what it takes to to make a huge impact on several men i mean especially you know people from the military and veterans that have come back and that are struggling and stuff like that and we need that shit there's there's no doubt in my mind, you know, there's a special place in my heart for for veterans that struggle, um, you know, and and I'm not big on making excuses, but the reality is that there's there's still problems, you know, so I I think that's awesome, dude, and I think that you know you're you're certainly here for a reason. I appreciate you sharing all that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and that's I am looking for the bigger things uh, now. You know, once I've got myself taken care of, I know I can help a lot of other people. Yep, and uh, being in that position is like it's it's so empowering it's like weight lifted off my shoulders knowing how many people i can help uh i've just had just sharing stories on my instagram or anything like that and uh some of my buddies reaching out or don how did you you know what are you doing how i went through this you know i went to depression anxiety multiple divorces guys that i even like we're in the military with like 15 years ago and I haven't even seen, Yeah, you know, are telling me how I'm, you know, motivating yeah. them. Yeah. And just, if I did it, I thought just if I, I like post a story and it helped one person thought that was amazing. Yep. But now I really know how many lives I can change. And that's where, you know, my goal in the next uh, few months is really to get the Hoff house foundation up and running. And uh, I want to help transitioning veterans you know, learn those entrepreneurial skills, uh, give them, give them the resources, give them the networks, give them all the tools and all, all the tools necessary to give them another opportunity when they get out, they can, they don't have to, they were a cop while they're in, they don't yeah. have to be a cop. Yeah. There's so many other things that they can do. I mean, it's endless opportunities and putting people in the right network when they're, they're hungry amazing things happen oh 100 percent. so i i'm excited there's a lot of great people that want to help uh it's just getting yeah it's gonna get bigger and better i i feel like 
there's a Hoff House movement coming. Oh sure, and that's what I want. Well, we'll we'll do we'll do whatever we can uh, for sure, you know, to push that. And as you get that up and rolling, um, you know, obviously we'll be in contact and stuff. Uh, but you know, you 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 push that to us, and and, and we'll do everything that we can, uh, you know, to to feed that movement for you, um, and do do all that we can to kind of help out anywhere, uh, for sure, man. Because I mean, I I mean it. I think it's I think your story is really cool. Um, you know, there's there's parts of it that people would be like, how can you say that's cool that that happened, but you know, it all happened for a reason and you're in a better place today Man. because of it. And there's, you know, and what, what's one of the craziest things if I would have just, if I, I wouldn't have done anything and I would have stayed in, I had, uh, an assignment to go back to Vegas, which with my wife, my new wife and daughter, which Vegas isn't the best place to raise a family. It's not the, where I, where, I mean, there's all the temptations in the world that will, <laughs> I'd probably have been divorced again. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I would have probably taken a government contract job, been gone six months out of the year. I'd probably have to get my wife a boyfriend or something because, <laughs> you know, there's, I'd have to, I mean, serious. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm needy too, yeah. and I know she is. So, you know? <laughs> and, That's funny. And uh, uh, so things happen. How do they for, sell those? Right. <laughs> You looking for a boyfriend? Yeah, pool boy or whatever, right? They got got those on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, they're pool boys. The pool boys, right? They actually do sell home services. Uh, Yeah, I bet they do. It's the the handyman that come around. (laughs) So uh, they still deliver milk. (laughs) But it was one of those things that just you know that would have took me in the normal direction as like uh rpa guy yeah hey go sit, go deploy over six months you know away from your family yeah. come back yeah you make good money but i i wouldn't have the time that i've had with my daughter and no. uh develop her in these most critical times and make her the badass that i'm gonna make her yeah so you know i love being a girl dad it's the best thing in the world and uh I'm just ready to crush it with her. I want her. I I want her to experience the world. I want to, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Know everything. Create so. high expectations for the next guy that oh, steps I, in, right? Oh, I'm, I'm I am. I'm setting it up, man. I'm I'm like this girl doesn't know anything but beachfront, five, <laughs> right. four five star hotels. Oh, there you go. You know. There you we, go. We went to Arizona. We got a conjoining room. And we we're just like, well, we'll have another room for her just for let her have her own yeah. spot. <laughs> She's gonna be ruined. Ain't nobody gonna be able to. Well, my daddy. Yeah. And we take her to Michelin <laughs> yeah. star restaurants and she's cheering and cheersing. And she's four years old. Oh, you wow. Know? And yeah. we're just, she doesn't know anything better. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. Hell hey, yeah. Applebee's ain't gonna cut it. No, no, no. It's, no she will not. <laughs> we don't need to have Applebee's. It's <laughs> not a fancy like Applebee's thing. <laughs> That's yeah. all we had in Clovis. So I promise, like Clovis, New Mexico. Yeah, I promise you, we don't oh, eat Applebee's. We, we promise we will not eat Applebee's, and we will not eat bu- uh, uh, Buffalo well, Wild Wings because because it was oh, there. B-dubs. Yeah, B Dubs and Buffalo or and Chili's and Applebee's. <laughs> those were the restaurants there, and we, my Great wife American is like, standards. we'll never go there again. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Yeah, man, it's it's funny how your taste changes, doesn't it? Oh man, but. yeah. So there's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack from that uh, and and to be honest with you I think you should listen to it a couple of times because there's some really good nuggets in there from you know developing an identity to overcoming um, you know a lot of a lot of issues and and controversy within your life to turn around and owning your problems you know to 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 being ashamed of of what you did to turning that around to using it as fuel to your fire. Uh, you know, and to, to, you know, when you're going through shit, keep going, you know, if you stop, you're just going to be covered in shit. Um, you know, so it, it's, it, there's, there's a lot to unpack on that. And I think if you listen to it two or three times, it'll resonate with wherever you're at in life. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that, uh, for sure. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's awesome hearing other people's stories. And it's so impactful. Cam, Cam what, what, you got anything before we, we close up? Yeah, dude. I, Don, just thanks for being on the show, man. It's awesome. Uh, obviously, the connection through O, our producer and, and, and great friend. Uh, I'm glad it happened. And uh, I know there's going to be a lot of other great things that come from this. You know, as as our movement continues to grow and what you're doing with Hoff House and, 
you know, however it all comes together. I don't know. You don't know, but I, there, there's something there. And, uh, and we'd be proud to be a part of it. And we'd be proud to have you a part of what we're doing. Um, just love aligning ourselves with other dudes that are excited about being better dudes and uh, being influential and in, in, in their families, number one, and then number two in their communities. So uh, thanks, brother. Appreciate you being on. Appreciate you being transparent and honest uh, with your story, too, because that, that matters a ton. So, Well, man, I, I appreciate it, gentlemen. This is uh, definitely an honor to be here to share. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to seeing some great th things out of all of us here. So yeah, for sure. Once Hell you yeah. once you get everything kicked up and stuff like that, Hell we'll have yeah. to check out the the Hoff House. Have you back up here and and talk about everything? Yeah, I'm I'm excited. It, it's gonna happen fast too. So yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm full throttle right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, right away, one of the hardest things, you got to find that network. You got to find the, the, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, social media is amazing nowadays. And to be able to just find a network of your veterans and guys that are, you know, entrepreneur that are doing what you want to do, yeah. find those guys, talk to them, set up meetings. You know, anybody hit me up anytime. You can, all, you know, on my Instagram, on my Facebook. And I'd be more than willing to sit down with you, talk to you, spend some time. And that's what it's about right there. You know, when somebody's in a hard time, you know, sometimes all they need is somebody to listen. And that's a powerful thing to listen to somebody and then just kind of giving them a little bit of direction. Yep. And uh, th that's one of the biggest things. Like, find, find the people that are doing what you want to do. Cause they're out there and they're willing to help you, you know? And if they're not, they're assholes and get away from them and fi find the right people. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can find me on uh Don Hoff, the lender on my Instagram and Don Hoff on Facebook. That's uh, those are the ones I have right now. I, I honestly got in the social media just a couple, like not long ago and I'm getting, you know, YouTube and all yeah. that kind of stuff getting spun up too. So, yeah, uh, but that's where you find me now. But and uh, there's more to come, guys. Yeah, no, that's great advice. No, for sure, and that's a great way to close it out too. And oh, appreciate the uh, the question there uh, from our producer. So if if you didn't hear it, he was asking about what advice would you give, uh, you know, to a veteran or somebody coming out of the military or somebody that feels like they're stuck in a rut, kind of similar to yours. What advice would you give? And um, I think networking is great. And don't listen to the bullshit lie that you're telling yourself that if you have to have other men and talk to other men, you're weak. Because that's bullshit. Um, you know, ultimately hiding it uh, is weak and you're just going to destroy yourself by doing it. Um, so that's, you know, obviously networks of men can do great things. You know, a, a group or a team uh, is always greater than the sum of its parts. Um, you know, five men can do far more than the, you know, what, the sum of those five guys. You know, there's, there's a lot of. There's a lot of benefit to that. So uh, once again, appreciate you being in the office for sure, man. Uh, loved hearing your story. Uh, go check him out on social media platforms and stuff like that. Cameron just gave a virtual fist bump or handshake and stuff. Guys, go check us out on our social media platforms. Uh, share this with somebody else. This could help somebody else. We don't charge anything for this, obviously. We want to get the content out there because we truly care about impacting people, uh, specifically men and making a change in society. Be a part of the movement.